planet like we landed on the moon. Nothing been the same since. Uh-huh. Now the line like shine bright. We in our prime at the time of our life. We on the night. Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Island Podcast. Hello. Scott and Clyde here, Daniel, is my good friend and co-host, Paul Brown. Hello. <laughs> and we are back for the first time in 2022. 2022. Too many twos in there for me, getting tongue-tied. <laughs> too old, too too. Getting it like Ron Burgundy when he's preparing for the uh, for news, Unique New York. <laughs> the Oculus that's oddly shaped feet. I haven't seen that movie. Well, it was about at the start of it where he's shown him getting prepared to read the news and he's seeing weird phases to warm up. Because the human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> weird phases like that. I'll go, I'll, I'll go with Joey and Friends, trying to figure out if it supposedly, <laughs> how it should be said. He's like, he thinks it supposedly. <laughs> and he's like, did he do that? Supposedly. <laughs> and then he's like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I have to that he's Paul. For the first time in 2022, you're doing our monthly impact show, yeah, making har, an impact. Yeah, and, and also, just a quick side note, I've yeah. just, this very day, mm-hmm. properly started reading your Kane book. I gave you that pre-pandemic. Yeah, I know. I bought the Mind Kane book too, and I still haven't fucking read that either. I've read that. Yeah. It's a hoot. <laughs> but I've just started reading it. I'm just on page eight. I skipped the forward because I never read forwards anyway. It's just a waste of fucking time. I'm interested in the fucking story, not the forward. Yeah. yeah. But even though only being eight pages in, mm-hmm. good book so far. Very, very interesting, dude. Yeah. I, until it is finished, every week when I come up here for the show, I expect to like, I expect the status update. I am on X page now. You shall have it. I want three written takeaways. Like I'm basically saying, yeah, but what? What are your three major themes of the book so far? You're not getting one. <laughs> too much stuff. I ask so little of you and get even less. Oh, also, you'll be up in all in less than six days' time now. I'll find out if I have your very late Christmas present. Ah. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you and if you don't know, have it, well then I'll just buy you a cake. <laughs> Couldn't you just buy me a cake now? No, because I have no money just now. Oh, oh well, I have that. I have that possible tenor that my boy found. Yeah, it says Jersey on it. States of Jersey. <laughs> if you want to go all the way to Jersey to buy me a cake, but I think it'd be a very strange trip. Anyway, we're talking shit here. Well, that's what we do. It's these are the this is the intro. This is a hello, the preamble. The this pre- is the intro to the hello. <laughs> no, it's the hello. It's, I'm thinking other ways of saying what this is. Other ways of saying hello. No. <laughs> Supposedly, <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying hello, and we're, we're like I think I'm sure all the tens of people who tune in want to know. What we are up to in our hopes and dreams, our feelings every week. Well, I'm trying to let them know. I'm I'm reading your good book. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on my good man. Uh huh. Um, I cleaned the kitchen. Uh huh. Yeah, I've been busy, <laughs> and I don't even know if the bins have been emptied yet because at midday today, like around one ish or something, I went out to look and they still hadn't been emptied. All right. So, hell, man, <laughs> hell. Hell, man. And I'll tell you, if I've gone out there to get my bin and some asshole has put some shit in my fucking bin again, I'm going to find out how they are and kill them. This kill them with the bin. This, will not, this <coughs> recording will hopefully not be used in a future court case as evidence. 
No, no. Otherwise, I played no part in this, and I did everything to talk him out of it. We won't find any evidence. I I did everything to talk him out of it. I mean, it's not on this recording, but just take my word for it. It was his idea. It It was his idea. He went and thought of the whole thing. He blackmailed me with cake. (laughs) From Jersey. (laughs) Jersey cake. (laughs) He tried to pay me with a tenner from Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the rambling goes on. (laughs) Although you moaned at me for talking, as if you want me to get back on track. There was no track to begin with. No, we haven't even found the fucking track yet. We got off the track immediately before we could get on it because I couldn't pronounce 2022. Ah. Hey, look. Filter tips that I didn't pick up. Filter tips. (laughs) There you go. Fucking... when you that didn't, was a fail. When you, didn't, Look. when you didn't pick them up, I thought we were using our imagination. Just imagine that there's fil- there's tips there. No, I just didn't pick them up because I'm a tit. Yes. Yes, you are. That wasn't fucking supposed to be agreed upon. Why not? We agree on so little most of the time. No, we agree on everything, Scott. We agreed everything. La- we agreed last week that Hulk Hogan was a cunt. Yeah. And our uh, third <laughs> part of our... Retro review series called Titles, Politics and Piss, which is like the Royal Rumble 92. I don't I don't believe we agree so much on the vehement and dislike of Mickey James, though. Well, I, I'm not a fan of Mickey James as knockouts champion. I just don't have it. I don't... Uh, how do I you don't hate her. I, my, my, my hatred doesn't burn. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it hatred. I, I have a mild dislike towards her. I, you have a burning hatred. I do not burn. I, I, have, a light, I, I, have, a, I have a light flame. I wouldn't say a burning hatred. I would say I have a burning discontent. Still burning, though. Burning yes. way more than any feeling I may have towards it one way or the other. Yes. I, I will have less of a burning discontent once whoever it is takes that goddamn belt off of her. I do think she's outlived any use. Once the rumble's done, she'll have outlived any use she has as, as an You champion. have outlived your usefulness. <laughs> Will you go back to the farm? Please, please, please give the belt back to someone else. Give the belt back to someone competent that can move more than fucking two steps, two steps in a ring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In less than an hour. We, we, we did make mention <laughs> to something from Impact last week because Paul was all excited to talk about it and we'll, we'll carry on to that later on. But I think yeah. I've been looking forward to this because, you know, we, we had like uh, the suffering turning point and everything that was building towards Article. So it was just like, ah, oh, this is what we're leading. It was more of a, this is stuff leading to other things. Now we can talk about the things that they led to and all the stuff coming out of it. So I feel like there's a lot more for us to talk about than the last impact we did. There really is. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll just go anyway and say it. I thought Hard to Kill was a fantastic pay-per-view. It was, wasn't it? It was bitching. It blew last year's Hard to Kill. And did, did you see the production? Mm-hmm. And the, the, it was just, it was fucking stellar, man. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're giving each each venue a similar look with the, the size of the ramp and everything. And also, I think they're, they're sticking to a very, like, size of, of venue. Yeah. And at least a decent crowd, but also not going too far out and risking... Getting a wide shot where there's empty seats, which you don't, you wouldn't want to see. Well, I don't believe because those shows were sold out. I don't believe you'd find empty seats at an Impact show at this current mm-hmm. time, because Impact, although it may not have the financial, mm-hmm. you know, strength of AEW, yeah, and definitely not the financial strength of the WWE. Mm-hmm. I agree with something that I believe Moose commented during the week. I believe that Impact Wrestling. At times, does a much better show than Iowa. I'm, I'm not saying that there would be any of these, but it's like with a. <laughs> it's a weird comparison, but now the in your house shows we look at. Yeah, yeah. They seem to every so with these these shows stick to a similar type of venue, a smaller venue, 
with an under ten thousand kitty, and it's, yeah, it's, and it's very rare they'll have them under twice that you see a wee section or somewhere where there's uh, some empty seats. Yeah, yeah. Even though obviously business wise wrestling is doing a lot better overall than oh, yeah, what it yeah. was in the see, I, ni- I, early nineties. Billy, I think Moose is right in what he's saying in regards to Impact Wrestling. He says that he, if it was him running mm-hmm. the the day to day of it, mm-hmm. he would he wouldn't just stick to like. Two thousand, two and a half thousand mm-hmm. capacity venues. He would, mm-hmm. you know, he would go with that. Mm-hmm. See how the numbers are coming in, and slowly but surely, mm-hmm. you know, see if he can fill out. Not like go insane, like you're saying, go yeah. into a big like maybe five thousand arena or something, yeah. but like maybe a three thousand capacity, and just keep ramping it up slowly but surely, build upon it. I think know? I think right now they're sticking to a certain number, and then they are going to slowly but surely ramp up because. I say like you don't want to go into a venue overestimating how many people you're going to draw in. And yeah, yeah. Even if it's just in the upper deck and you move everybody down for the close up like shots and like as wrestlers are coming out, you go a wide shot and they're like, oh, look, there's that wee empty spot. Cause yeah, I look, I look forward and I have, I have a lot of faith and a lot of belief that within the next couple of years we'll see impact back to that level of capacity that we were in during the during the. The heyday, yeah. you know, during the heady days of it, and I think you know it's still like it's it's more intimate the style that they have now because the fans mm-hmm. that do have all want to be there. Oh hell yeah! Very few yeah. casuals there, and they're all they make, they make enough noise, and that's a good, that is a that is a stellar thing though because like you say when you've got fans that genuinely want to be an impact show, you get mm-hmm. impact fans. It's not just fans of individual performers or wrestlers. Mm-hmm. It's impact fans, fans mm-hmm. that want the company to. Yeah. Succeed and progress, you know. Yeah, and like people on like Impact fan pages, like you and I are both part of them, like showing photos of what some of the venues they have for upcoming tapers and upcoming specials mm. look like. They've got like the schedule list, like available for people to view online right up to like a uh, rebellion and end of yeah. April. And people are showing like this is what the venues usually like, so it gives people an estimate of like, the size of venues Impact are going to. And it's getting you said gradually a little bit bigger. And I think yeah. the gradual approach right now is the best because oh, hell yeah. Yeah. at the minute. Covid is still a real, real issue, and you don't want to think, oh, we've got this big show planned, and this, you know, with like five thousand capacity, and then right before the show, oh fuck, <laughs> we can't do it, or we, or worse that we got to cut it down to we can only let two thousand people, in, which yeah. usually is great, but then and a few, but it's in a big venue that can hold more, then it's yeah. more noticeable. I, de- I definitely think that Scott and more and Anthem are we're working on a smart business model now because it's it's true that Anthem. Mm-hmm. The company that Impact are under actually do have a good bit of scratch behind them. We yeah. do have good money. But, like you say, mm-hmm. it's wise to do it carefully. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to get it to a fucking Dixie Carter level <laughs> where you're making arsehole decisions every time you fucking breathe. Yeah. You um, know, or bringing in fucking the Grand High Bald One and fucking Bischoff. <laughs> like, and... He said, like, they are making good decisions, as you said, and so I think the gradual approach is quite good, and that's what I was getting at. Love Christ, don't bring in Billy Corgan again. <laughs> Not again. Uh, and, like, I said, like, COVID is a real thing, because I think there was some talk that... <laughs> Sorry, sing, Billy, just stick with singing. Don't get yourself involved in a business. I was going to say, like, there are talk that, oh, there was some issues around in COVID with their lap recent tapings. They haven't said who or how many people may or may not have either been in contact with somebody or not, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's quite good sound, because like, the tapings I have been to see the other day, the 21st and 22nd, I think that was recording everything that they have right up till uh, No Surrender, which is on the 19th, so you think if anyone does have it and they, they need to be there, then hopefully there's enough time for them to do their isolation oh, yeah, and come yeah. to the show with no... Yeah, I, think, I think a lot of countries now are having the 
Yeah, a lot of time for isolation. I think yeah. like I think some countries are five, some countries are seven days. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, I think like Japan used to be like I think ten days or two weeks, and now I think they're slowly but surely going down because mm. they are starting to welcome. They do have a decent recurring group of like foreign talent who come in and out of the. The country every so often, yeah. For the for the for their shows, like Grisham, he goes to Japan. What does anyone do? Well, used to, but used to. I don't think he goes as much. But I'm sure, he'd like to. Yeah. Right now, his show Terminus, I've, I've still not watched it, but I have wanted to see it because I know like he's fighting Josh Alexander on that show. I know like he got like the Jay Lethal on that show. Bandito, mm. uh, Jordan Grace is on the show. So I really want to see that and that GCW show from the Hammerstein Ball. I really want to see because yeah. apparently it was a really good show. And you had Matt Cardona playing up the the heel. Nature and everything. Uh, he's he's been go. He's been in a feud with a guy called Joey Janela, who's an, on AEW. I've heard the name. I don't uh, know yeah. a lot about him. Uh, he used to do a lot of stuff with GW. Like, he's done a lot of hardcore kind of wrestling in the past. Mm. And they started their feud because Joey kept posting photos of him and Chelsea Green, but edited. Basically, it's a their own version of uh, she was mine before she was yours kind of uh, thing. Ah, sort of like uh, Randy Savage, thing. Uh, right? And Cardona uh, keeps making reference to like, oh, but you're. I'm I'm going over in these shows. I was DCW World Champion and everything, and you're still wrestling AEW Dark and like using that against them, which he has been. And then I got like a fan footage of his promo from uh from uh, GCW. He said, "Hey, Joe, I'm going to end your career tonight before Joey Khan has a chance to fire you." Yeah. <laughs> also, he went. He came out with a flannel jacket with "fuck Mick Foley" on the back of it because because uh, he and Foley have been doing a back and forth thing, like because they're both from Long Island and everything. That's going to get him some nuclear heat. And, that, and he, I think, I can't watch it, but Foley did a video addressing what he referred to as the Cardona situation. Yeah. <laughs> just just a, imagine Mick going, have to address this Cardona situation. I just I think eventually it's probably going to, he's going to show up at a GCW, he's just going to pull a socket and get back at him or something. I think I just made myself sound like Ben Stiller in Dodgeball. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Look, this... Cardona situation. <laughs> they should have just brought him in when they did Retribution, because that's basically when you heard the names that they had for those, like, the Medusa team. Blade. Yeah. Blazer. <laughs> Blazer. <laughs> oh, you, should get, you should get White Goodman for dodgeball to manage Johnny Swingle. That'd be good. I always thought about giving you like because he was like we we're better than you and we know it and like MJF and AWS catches that I'm better than you and you know it. and when we first time say like who are you wife Goodman that'd be a great fucking term, a great fucking tagline for Impact hi in Impact Wrestling we're better than you and we know it <laughs> anyway where are we oh yeah oh we talk about Matt Cardona because like he's been doing so much good heel work everywhere, <laughs> everywhere else in in wrestling but I really think sorry. WWE, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, and we know it. <laughs> You've doing so much good stuff, and I really think it's a bit time. Maybe they're teasing it. I think from what I've been watching, that he is going to turn heel and and back. That would be good because he's so good stuff. Because let me run down for the uninitiated what he's been doing in GCW. The uninitiated. Uh, he teased that he was secretly John Moxley when he first showed up under a mask and doing John Moxley's moves. Instead, John Moxley's finish on on Nick Gage and took the mask of like, nope, fuck you, it's me. <laughs> He had a macho man S crown one time he came out when he when he won the title. He had a white shirt that was bright red with blood when he finished yeah. the match. Uh, for his first ever title defense, he came out as the old Vincent Man Black with the do rag when from when McMahon oh, was ECW yeah, champion. Yeah. yeah, recently he wrestled Rhino. Oh no, he lost his internet belt to a wrestler called F8 and then won in the back of a rematch where he put his own GCW career on the line, which fans were really happy for him to hopefully lose, but he won it back anyway. Uh, well, oh yeah, 
if Fort Rhino and Detroit, Rhino's home uh, town, and he said that Rhino, there's this false narrative that you're the last ever ECW champion. He goes, everybody knows the last ever ECW champion is Ezekiel Jackson, which yeah. got him a loud boost from the crowd. <laughs> and because also he was on ECW for quite a while, and yeah. that's where he really got his. He started off with singles, run after the edgehead. He goes, hey, Rhino, you and me, we're ECW originals. <laughs> and he, he challenged Rhino because Rhino's the last ever TV champion. Mm. So he beat Rhino in a match where it involved him pulling Chelsea Green in the way of a gore. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he beat him and declared himself the TV champion only for our show the next night. For him, he said, I'm going to probably get copyrighted for this from WWE. So he threw it in a bin. Uh, uh, not, not before uh, saying about Paul Heyman he goes you know people are going to say this is disrespectful at ECW this is disrespectful of Paul Heyman he goes let me tell you a story about Paul Heyman because also Heyman used to be yeah. in Creative One Raw back in 2018 2020 he said uh, I, I wrote Paul Heyman a really well thought out letter a heartfelt letter begging him for an opportunity for a chance just to wrestle on TV and two days later I got fired <laughs> so fuck Paul Heyman <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the g where apparently there were run-ins on his side from a uh, he spells smart Mark Stone who's a manager in AEW mm. uh, somebody came in speared in, and a uh, spear on Janelle wearing like the edge like motorcycle helmet from one night oh, yeah, yeah. took the helmet off it was Matt, Brian Myers oh yeah, I see, well I've seen the, the picture <laughs> and they said yeah. uh, oh and they brought out a guy in a Vince McMahon mask took the mask off it was virtual <laughs> <laughs> which is a wee nod to the fact that he was called Vincent in WCW which was meant to be an insult at yeah. Vince and apparently also his, his name is always been apparent because Virgil was supposedly Dusty Rhodes' real name so that's why he was called Virgil Lonely Virgil and then on uh, struggling also, for a job also Hornswoggle got involved as well and then on Dranella <laughs> uh, side to help him beat Cardona you had uh, Marco Sun who's a short wrestler and uh, so you mean AJ Swoggle no, no, I don't. And uh, <laughs> also, uh, Xbox showed up. Oh, Christ, what did he want? <laughs> he showed up. Does uh, he still have Xbox heat? No, no, no. apparently he's got a big pop and he's he's easy once he get back into wrestling. He's, 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 he's apparently in really good shape. And, uh, didn't, he have, didn't he have like a lot of health issues recently, though? Well, I've heard. Oh. Maybe, maybe he had some. I don't know about them. Maybe I'm, Someone can tell me answers in a postcard. Okay. But yeah, that was... Yeah, oh, prick. Postcard. <laughs> okay. Treat me a picture of a postcard, then tell me. Yeah, but go out and buy a postcard and write on it and then tweet a picture. You, call, you called me old, I thought you were insulting me for mentioning postcards. No, hell no. Postcards are the way, man. Well, but... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, there's a quick summary of Matt Cardona's GC Dara, which is why he should be a heel in Impact Wrestling. He'd be an awesome fucking heel. He would. And then, he and would. He, and he really should be the digital media champion. I, don't, I like Jordan Grace, but he... Cardona, the whole internet championship did, thing. He should be. He should come out with the internet belt on one shoulder, the digital media belt on the other. Did you see the size of that woman recently? Mm. I would not fuck with her. Not even a teeny bit. Mm. And Jordan, that's no joke on your height. I would not mess with you, woman. No. No. Because she. One of her arms is bigger than me. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I seen her standing in ring the other day and she was all like, like that. And I actually vocalised, I was like, fuck's sake, man, she's huge! <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had a great match uh, with Lady Frost uh, for the Digital Media Championship on episode BTI, which she destroyed her. Oh, yeah, she battered poor Lady Frost. And, yeah. then, and then that's when Cardona <sighs> came out, and uh, I don't think the reaction of people when he pointed at the belt, it's like, 
why else did you think he was coming out? Yeah. I mean, this is a tried and true method of challenging people. What did you think he wanted? They actually come out and they point at something. Aye. Point at thing. I mean, we're coming up on, we're pouring this the day before the Royal Rumble. Hopefully I've got it out the day of the Royal Rumble. And like, this is, this between now and Mania, this is basically what I like to call this time is point to sign season. Where there's a, somebody has a, wants to be at WrestleMania or wants to challenge at WrestleMania, they like, they don't say it out loud, they don't vocalise and use the words, they go, look, look at the sign over there. <laughs> point at it. Uh, what were we talking about before I mentioned Matt Cardona and Impact? Well, we were talking about the venue sizes, weren't we? Yeah, we're talking, we covered that, and we covered Matt Cardona, and I covered Jordan being huge. Yes, huge. I'm sure there's another one. Oh, yeah, I think it might have been this uh, Access TV, obviously, the, the channel owned by Anthem, and the channel that Impact airs on, which is also very good for them. But uh, it was recently uh, that New Japan Pro Wrestling is now coming back to, to Access TV, where they used to do, like I think it was just an hour where they, they they show matches that had already aired, they we just they'd select each different matches we to give people an idea of what New Japan is like. And no. I think it's they've announced that oh now whenever where now uh, it's gonna be a weekly thing, New Japan acts it's gonna be immediately following uh, Impact Wrestling. I really think it's a good idea to do some stuff there and help the working relationship between Impact and New Japan. Because we've got Bullet Club who showed up at the most recent taping, so we've got that to look forward to in the coming weeks. But AJ White coming back and bringing a the Gorillas of Destiny, Haku's boys with them. Aye. Uh, apparently they have a, a big, the team, they did a big six-man tag, uh, G.O.D. and uh, and G. White versus Violent by Design. I think it was G. G.O.D. and maybe Chris Bay, I think it was, from Bullet Club, against, uh, one of the team against Mike Bailey, Ace Austin, uh, Fulton and one other person. I'm going to say Jake something. I don't know if it was him. No, it wasn't something. It was somebody else, like Laredo Kid, maybe. I don't know. It was, it was a randomly thrown together. Team, it was. It was. But it, it should be a good match anyway. I'm just happy to see Jay White back in because he's been on that their show New Japan Strong doing his what he calls the US of J Open Challenge. The US of J. Because like New Japan Strong is like their US show. I thoroughly think like <laughs> they should try and make a deal to get episodes of that aired on. Aired on uh, Access TV on a weekly basis. Day. That would be cool. That plus the shows that they they imagine the show on their other weekly show uh, for Access. So they do that, then they can basically it's a great advert for their streaming service mm. uh, in New Japan World, which, which, I, which I have, and I recommend if you want to get into New Japan. You like on Strong, they've got their own like belt, like specifically for Strong called the Strong Openweight Belt, held by a wrestler called Filthy Tom Lawler. <laughs> no relation to Pervy Jerry Lawler. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God damn! Did you see that? I don't know if she's a singer or a wrestler, but she looks like she's got a giant pair of fake tits. I don't know. No, I see. She at first, I thought, like you know, how, you know how you get some women, well, right, like have fake bosoms, <laughs> and you go, fair enough, there's fake bosoms, but then you see them, mm-hmm. and you think, God, you're taking the piss for them, aren't you? <laughs> well, she looked like that. And the way she had her dress sense going on, she looked like she was wearing a big pair of fake plastic tits with the tap hair tits. You know what I mean? It was the most odd-looking person I've ever seen. Okay. I'm surprised you haven't seen that on Facebook. I don't know. Mm, I'll need to show you and then you'll see my Christ. I'd rather not. Anyway, is this an NXT 2.0 thing? Is this an NXT thing? Maybe. I, I, I've not really watched a lot of it, so I, I don't uh, I No one has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Poor, poor, poor 
Ah, uh, Triple H. No, well, poor Triple H too. But the bald guy with the beard, it was really good in NXT. The black and gold NXT. In Champa. Champa, poor yeah. him. He's not done anything. Well, he's, well, he lost the belt. I know, too, but, but poor him for the fact that he has to be on that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you've, uh, what was I talking about? Uh, you're, 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 you're a former like, USC guy, uh, but he's really good in uh, you know, where he's transitioned over to wrestler. I think he actually made that thing where he wrestled, for, trying to be a wrestler first, did USC, then came back. Mm. So he's he's well versed in, in both of them. Sort of like Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, he's a decent comparison. So again, I'll see him mixed up on, on Buddy Impact. Have you ever got a chance to see him? Uh, cool. What's his name again? Filthy Tom Lawler. Filthy Tom Lawler. Like, he was in MLW first and a bunch of their matches. He's, he was probably in for them or probably available on uh, on YouTube for free. So if you went down IBM, you could probably find him on there. Cool. Nope. Uh, so yeah, like, I like the idea of that happening. Uh, before we get into the matches from Hard to Kill, as Paul does a big noise from his nose, it sounded like he was taking a massive line of cocaine. How do you know I wasn't? Because I'm sitting next to you and I can tell whether you were or you weren't. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Anyhow. No, I mean, Paul and weed and alcohol is one thing. Paul and cocaine would be a whole thing we'd never get anything done. Paul doesn't do other things other than weed and alcohol. Yeah. but Paul Paul knows the limits. Paul knows his limits. Exactly. But anyway, uh, we had a bit of a departure from Impact and someone coming in to take their place. We had Matt Straker out and Tom Hannafin, the former Tom Phillips from WWE, yeah. in on commentary. Welcome to Impact, Tom Hannafin. Mm. Because, you know, he's no bad. Mm. He's no bad at all. Yeah. No bad at all. Like I say, Brian went and watched him and halfway mm. through he went, you know, no missing Straker. Mm. And he wasn't he saying it. And he was just, I think mm. he was more surprised than anything else. Yeah. Because both, both myself and Brian, mm. and I'm assuming yourself, yeah, Really enjoyed Matt Striker. It was a f- breath of thre- fucking fresh air after Josh Matthews, mm-hmm. who never seemed to know what the fuck he was talking about. <coughs> you know, well, he did, but he didn't get his jazzed up, jazzed up as Striker did, yeah. you know? Yeah, he, could, he just he didn't seem like the kind of guy you'd want to hang about with. And whenever he tried to he tried to get you invested in somebody, he wasn't always the best at doing that. But I like Striker because Striker, you can tell, has a clear passion for, for wrestling. Oh, he really does. But apparently it was Impact that made the decision to kind of take him off. Apparently his performance wasn't meeting what they had expected really? from I don't know what it was. But weirdly, like, hard to kill last year's when him and D.O. debuted as a team. So I'm like, I know a year later he's been replaced by Tom Hanif. I'm like, like, I love Impact and everything, but like, who, who do you have in charge of like determining who... It's good enough to do commentary, they're like, and why did it take you exactly one year to make the decision one way or the other? Well, you had to, you had to wait a full year to decide that, yeah, this isn't what we want. Who is in charge of that department of impact? I, I no is idea. it Scott Demore? I assume Scott Demore, I'm sure there'd be some higher people ahead in front of him. Does, uh, what's his face? Yeah. Uh, fucking Jackal. No, he's not involved. He's not involved anymore. in impact no. anymore. No, but I'm sure, like, Hey, Scott Demore. All people who come in say Scott Demore's the one that called him. I'm sure there's some higher ups ahead him and Anthem that he then reports to. to right. the agreement. But you like, we want this person because obviously the people above him so handle. Scott Demore is no Vince McMahon then. No, nah. <laughs> no, the people at Anthem are seemingly the. There's a guy. There's a guy who's. Na- oh, so Scott Demore's like a Triple H. He he makes decisions and people step over him. There's a guy who like is maybe the president now of Impact because he works at Anthem and Cameron. But I only probably the reason I can't remember his name is because he was on a list I seen like. The most powerful people in wrestling that you don't know about, like basically oh. people who have big roles in other companies outside WWE, who basically are behind the scenes and don't get involved openly. So yeah. you know, so like 
Scott Demore is an executive. He handles a lot of creative and other data decisions, so he's more of a face. And then you've got Adam Guy, who's above him. So I assume that he's the guy that Scott Demore will go to to hire people because like, he's handled money for Anthem. So they've got to say, let's bring this person in. How much do we pay? Because we're spending money to send a contract to bring this guy right, in. Right, right. You know, business, business, business. Business, business, business. All stacked on top, one, of, one on top of the other one, and a whole big mess of money and decisions. Yeah, because I don't know how else really to explain it. You know, just like... Otherwise, I'll be like Jack and still you like you just saying business words there, Jack. Yeah, I like Tom because like in WWE he was basically it felt like he was part of a long line of people who had brought an after call to basically be oh hello I'm generic white. I, I was I was watching that all day you know still game yeah I was watching that one you know when the, it was start when they're in the post office. Aye. And they pull with it like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, what, what? Ah, oh, shut up! <laughs> and, uh, but like, he was like, like, hello there, I am white man who's doing play, the lead commentating thing. Like, that's like, a crap character. Uh, but, but like, he ended up being one of the few that they brought in that was good because other than him, like, you had Matt Fraker, he was good. Yeah, he was good. He, he was, was good. really good. Like, he he when he was in WWE, basically got that role, but then he was kind of always made to be like a secondary to somebody else. But then you got other guys like Josh Matthews, shite. <laughs> Todd Grisham, shite. shite. I mean, look, it's it's Christian. Mike Adamley, remember him? No. Good. <laughs> so you got those guys, and then you got someone like Tom, who's good. You got a guy, Vic Joseph, who's on uh, NXT now. He's all right. Uh, but like, it was a weird thing with Tom, because Tom got brought in to do Raw towards the end of 2019 and like 2020, right? Yeah. Like Joe and a couple of people on the, on the other side of him, right? And then in 2021, it got decided, oh, we're bringing this guy called Adnan Virk and he, he's done some like real sports content. Six weeks later, they decided, this guy is shite. Everyone on Twitter said, this guy is shite. Uh, and you notice the more he went on, it was Byron and Corey leading the content with him just mm. in the turn. Despite the fact he's sitting in the middle seat of the three members, which is usually the lead person. Yeah. And then they said, oh, people thought, oh, well, they'll probably bring Tom back in. Like, no, here's Jimmy Smith from, he used to do, be an MMA commentator who, to his credit, even though I've only heard a wee bit of him, he's far better. Because he's, he's, he's commented over actual fights, so he well, knows what he's doing. Whatever happened to Jibble? <laughs> JBL. I don't know. I think he's, he's retired or something. Or he's doing outside work. Like it's, he's, he's, it's not. It doesn't take a lot of physical stress to sit down and talk shite. Well, maybe he doesn't want to. Can he be asked? Uh, <laughs> he can be asked. That's the thing. Anyway, so well, that, I liked him sitting down and talking shite. Then Tom, uh, so like, oh maybe. So as I said, I thought, oh maybe they'll bring him. Like, nope. Here's Jimmy Smith. Like, all right. What's happened with Tom? Oh, Tom's gone now. <laughs> Tom shortly or at least after that. But, but no, Tom. Tom Hannafin is a. Good addition to Impact. Because yeah. literally, there was a, at one point in time, he was across all his shows. He's done Raw, he's done SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live. Is it all of At one point... That still exists? Yes. Sadly. Really? Yes. Even though they've got rid of the cruise, <laughs> they officially now got rid of the Cruiserweight title. So it's, it's now not even about weight limits or anything. It's basically, oh, it's basically, here's an extra NXT show for people who don't we don't have time to debut on NXT. That is really poor. It's like NXT's velocity. That's what it's become now. Jesus, man. There's a... You know, I, I enjoyed Velocity on occasion. So did I. <laughs> That's when you got to see what wrestlers you actually wanted to see. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that... that. So, and uh, he did a really good interview on uh, Renee Paquette, formerly Renee Young, John Moxley's like her podcast. He did an interview I listened to. I, I, I bought it in while I was out walking the dog. And he said like he it was part of his decision to also leave WWE because... Uh, 
during the pandemic when there was a PC particularly he kind of because they were recording everything at the same place. He basically was across all the shows or, or just about all the shows mm. like, except for SmackDown and one or two others. And he basically said like I got burnt out from it from wrestling, so I just I needed to leave. Yeah. So he's done other stuff, and now he wants to come back to wrestling Impact. Basically, gave him the opportunity that, to come in. That Rennie, Rennie Young, Rennie Young, she gave that fucking Bubba Dudley an earful all day. Oh yeah, yes. Tell you, I and, mean, right, and rightly so. All right. To be fair, he was a prick. So. But is he no generally perceived as a bit of a prick? Though? Oh yes, yes. You no, know, he's a bit of a <laughs> he's a bit of a wank. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, Big Show, on, when he was on Bust Over Me a few years ago, he said about Bubba, he goes like, yeah, I remember every time I see Diva, I said, oh, hello, nice Dudley. <laughs> and like, uh, so long, similar vein, and the whole thing about Renee Young giving him shit and everybody else, rightfully so, giving him shit for Paige. So he just said, this is why everyone prefers Diva. This is why everyone hates you, man. <laughs> See, this is why everybody thinks you're a prick. Because you're not a prick. Hey, you. I don't like you. It's like, Oh, but Bubba, they're right. You're a dick. You're yeah. a dick in your fire. Get out, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? You are a wank. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and we can't be, we can't be mad at Devon. I mean, he was Reverend Devon. I know. Wait, Deacon Batista. Mm-hmm. Wonder if he still remembers being Deacon Batista. Oh, he does. He, he did an interview like when from one of the Marvel films he was in. He talked about he's that character. He goes, yeah, people. He revealed that yeah, people put real money most of the time in that money. Like there would be nights where we'd make out with quite a bit of money from that. We they got basically got to keep most of the money. They got put in the collection plate. <laughs> Deacon Batista. Deacon Batista. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what we're done? Yes, Tom. Yes. Yes. I think he's he's definitely got the potential of being long long lived in impact, you know, because he he definitely delivers a good show. Mm-hmm. I think I think he even helps Dio at times. Yeah, yeah, I think he helps Dio a lot more because it's a bit like Dio seems to have a bit more flow. Yeah, yeah, it's like I think he got better with his time with Matt, but in the early days, especially like following the like, Hard to Kill twenty twenty one, Matt was doing a lot of the heavy lifting because Dio. Was new and he wasn't helping him as much. He was just basically doing everything. Yeah, he was just running with it. Yeah, kind of. He, he was not being beneficial to the team yeah. aspect of the announced table. Yeah. But the other point I was going to make, something that would really help Impact, mm-hmm. to have a better announced table. <laughs> Especially for pay-per-views, because I don't like the fact that they're sitting at a fucking lawn table mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. You know, the have, a, table. have a proper announced desk with monitors and shit. I know. You know? I'm just happy though they're not like during the pandemic where it just cut to random views. Be like, yes, we definitely weren't at the table. We're doing <coughs> this in post. Mm. But, uh, so but at least they're actually there. I'm also, and we'll probably get into the show, but once we get into the show, I'm going to discuss something I really want to discuss about okay. the show. That is very vague. <laughs> Okay. That's because I'm going to wait and I'm going to see if it comes up because I can't remember if we've discussed it already. All right. Sobriety, you are a harsh bitch. <laughs> Something I was going to say about the growing like venues and everything, like, you know, it's it's nice that they got to do CI Studios for as long as they did it, but like, if they ever go back there, uh, and they don't have to have a sign that they, they are, but like, looking at the size of venues they have been running our plan to, Jesus, you go back to Sky Studios, it feels dotty. Mm. It's like a tiny little thing. I don't want to go back there. That'd suck. Yeah. 
And plus, like, it felt, it'd feel like there was, you know, if they sold that, it'd feel like there's barely anyone there because of the size of the crates are getting far apart to kill and mm. things like that. But Tom was a good addition. I liked during the, the four-way where Chris Bay was involved in it and the pre-show and he was, uh, obviously, a member of Bullock Club and uh, yeah. John had made a joke and he talked about it on Renee's show. Like, I got a, like, I had a, like, a skirt around us by talking about, like, the Gallows and Anderson and AJ and Balor talking about a club. goes like, oh, yeah, but finally I get to say Bullock Club. <laughs> <laughs> I finally get it and he and he admitted that he he kept up with stuff outside of rest outside of wrestling wise and though and he did stay on the show I met guy a fan from afar and everything so yeah. at least he kind of knows his shit and everything but we had the we had two matches there was one because like Jake Sun was maybe in the forward then he got randomly taken and replaced with newcomer Mike Bailey well new to impact Mike Bailey. And then they said they ran away through you. Oh, they were having a second match on the Bijou. It's take something be Madman Volton. And they battled the tall lads. Well, that was a hell of a match. Like. Oh, yes, it was. Yes. And I've got to say, by the way, Mike Bailey scares me. <laughs> Why? He looks like a human Ken doll. <laughs> especially when he grins. But he could also kick you in the head. That's what. He's a violent human Ken doll. Yes. He's a kind of guy. He's a kind of guy. You wouldn't make those comments like you look like a Ken doll to no, his I mean, face. No, he he doesn't look like a human. No, no, he does not. I mean, I think because he comes he comes walking down to the ring in his sort of slow way, but he does. But then he smiles. Pretty sure he's got a mouth guard and yeah. But the fact is, it like the way he grins and the fact that his mouthpiece is pure white. Yeah, and he has those little, like you know, doll like he has <laughs> doll like features, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At times, and he smiles, and you go, "Don't let it eat my soul." And he has no shoes. He wrestles with I no shoes. I know he has no shoes, but you know what? I don't think it matters. Yeah, he, he is a legit like martial arts back in like mobile damn black belt and everything. And I'd like to see him fight Wesley Snipes. <laughs> but yeah, he was putting there along with Laredo Kid, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay, and a really nice X Division kind of showcase. And as soon as he was put in there, you kind of think, ah, oh, new guy, he's going to win because yeah. the whole thing with him was that he's a Canadian-born <laughs> wrestler, but and he was down to make waves in US Indies like PWG in the early 2010s. And then due to these issues, he wasn't allowed to enter the US for five years. Mm. And so he basically wrestled pretty much everywhere else he could possibly go. But then yeah. it kind of started to fall off the map because obviously he wasn't as US wrestling was picking up with Impact, RH, AEW, things like that, and NXT. Yeah. He wasn't around there. And he wasn't getting involved in it. Yeah, he wasn't able to take advantage of any opportunities involved there. But now he's here. And then as soon as he's five years old, Scott Demore's right in there like, ah, I'm also Canadian. Come work for me and my company. We'll wrestle. You'll get to wrestle in the US. So is he signed for yes. Impact? Yes, Mike yes, signed. Yeah, and Sweet. He wrestled at a show in Canada. I can't remember what it was, but he fought against Josh Eisen. It's the same promotion where Scott Demore confronted Josh Eisen and said, you had this Impact contract some years earlier. Where Cutmore came in, basically said, "We want you in Impact Wrestling." Yeah. So Mike Bailey especially said he had a match with Jake something on uh, Coach Slayer and Impact, and Ace Austin's on content seem to be teasing a maybe for no surrender. Ace Austin Mike Bailey kind of match. That'd be good. That'd be good. And he's finisher as well, kind of shooting star with the knees as well. I, I believe what Mike Bailey could make Ace Austin look really good. Mm. And Ace Austin's needed something to make him look good for a while because he's looked pretty stale. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. you. Know, and I, it pains me to say that because for the longest time I was a really big Ace fan, but mm-hmm. it's just the association with Fulton, mm-hmm. in my opinion, hasn't helped either of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Fulton's not really been anything since, you know, OVE. I think it goes back to what you said ages ago about the promises that he makes that he'll be a champion, inevitable, I'll be this champion, that champion, but like, you've not followed through on it. No, it's inevitable that once in a while he'll bring that shit up. Uh-huh. But, Eventually, people are going to go, 
When? Yes, when? When? You've been the X Division champ a few times, but when? So that gift, like, well, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I am the inevitable. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I do like they're kind of playing off like the opportunities they might really miss doing because like Ace Austin was on comedy because uh, for reasons we'll get into later they had uh, a revolving door of commentators joining Tom Hannafin on Impact. Yeah. Uh, and Ace Austin joined for the Jakes and the Mike Bailey match. He was like, "How long has you been not been able to wrestle in the US? Five years. Now I've been re- I've been wrestling. Period six. <laughs> so the idea of like basically because he's been able, he's in the US and he's had these opportunities." He's growing so fast all the while, might be losing struggling to remain relevant outside the US mm. internationally. I liked I liked his uh, commentary partner of uh, you know, Brian Myers. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like, I liked that. But they made reference like, because like Ziggy Days was a bit of fighting moose, he's like, Oh yeah, it's been a long time, yeah. It's not gonna be long, we're not gonna that much time to catch up. <laughs> I think it's got what, what happened. <laughs> Boom. The, so, yeah. Done. He didn't even wrinkle his suit. No, he did not. The fact that he came out in a suit He's like, you're not even trying, are you? <laughs> like, I think Scott Demore joined him for a match, and also I like the way when we're talking about Ring of War, we're talking a lot about Ring of Honor a bit. But Ian Riccaboni, the kind of lead a uh, War commentator there, when he gets into yeah, yeah, he's, he's really cool. good. He was kind of a guy I didn't like him at first when I first saw him because he was kind of taking over from Kevin Kelly, who'd been really good in Ring of War, but Kevin Kelly was doing more stuff as English commentator for uh, New Japan. I remember Kevin Kelly and dub back in the day. I like Kevin Kelly. He's very good. He's all fat, pudgy, and looks a bit like Kenny. He, he's very good nowadays. Uh, but like, like he's coming. Like I don't like you because you're not because you're not Kevin Kelly. Mm. But that, but he's he's very good in his role. And you got to be part of like, the Jonathan Gresham matches and the Rock CV Joe Brazel match that I, we talked about. I tell you who we talk about people that are involved in Impact, and I say involved because these are yeah. you know just people that are involved with the company at the moment. Mm-hmm. That are not on the commentary team. Mm-hmm. That fucking ring announcer guy, man. For what for Ring of Honor? The guy that sounds like <laughs> Howard Finkel. <laughs> Love that guy. Impact should sign him. Uh, Bobby Cruz, I think his name is. Impact should sign him. <laughs> well, it's really me. Because right? he's fan fucking. Uh, the minute I heard him <laughs> fucking announce, I was like. <laughs> It's Howard! <laughs> it's the Fink, man! A few people they may have been a thing, supposedly they've got a thing with for William Regal to come in. I, 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 suppose, so. I suppose he'd be in a behind the scenes kind of role, but like, again, having Scott Demore, like, there are some people who don't like Scott Demore being on TV as much as I don't have an issue with it, but the idea like Scott Demore, because his hair's going greyer and greyer every time you see him because people won't leave him alone. <laughs> it's like the idea of going into, like, listen, I can't deal with all of this, and we've got people invading and everything, like, so like I need some I need to concentrate on bigger things. So someone else will come out as the on basically the on screen authority figure, and out comes William Regal in the same role he had in the NXT. Just, mm. just basically, like, you, you, the person we need to lead these people is a a man, a real man, man's man. Come up with floppy hair and his smart suit. But they were bringing at least a lockdown. I just like the idea, like because he used to do the thing, they scream, "Oh, guys!" But like trying to do the same thing. Lethal lockdown. Oh, that'd be cool. Or, or, or basically, it's inspired by World Need to go war games. Some whispers of lethal lockdown. It's like the bit in Muppets. It is the American way. Sent the, the British, British way. way. Yeah, hmm. We're getting ready for. No, we're getting ready for lethal lockdown. <laughs> war games minus one ring. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good to answer the War games! Light. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they kind of they sandwiched, they, they open ended the show like a uh, big knockouts match, start the show, big one to end the show. Yeah. And they yeah. even announced that 
the the Donkey State was going to be the main event. Like, uh, it kind of be the idea of like becoming more commonplace rather than just like being like, oh, it's the first time ever, but now it'd be more commonplace. Like, we don't even need to make a big deal of that. It's no. the main event. It's just it just is. Because see, that's the thing. And all if you want, if you want to show, well, my mm-hmm. opinion, right? If you want to show proper respect, and I think Impact shows a hell of a lot of respect mm-hmm. to women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. A lot more than what the WWE does, you know, because it they, they seem to blow hot and cold over the women's division. Yeah. So I'm not saying that the WWE doesn't have some great women wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Got some fantastic women wrestlers like Lynch, you know, Bailey. Yeah. Asuka, she's maybe coming back Asuka. soon. That's bad, really. You know. <laughs> we really should have thought of the example I don't, before, I don't, before I don't, you started the well, I'll tell you the ones I don't rate, you know, Hubble the Stupid Hell. Bianca. The plethora of them that don't know how to dress themselves. You know. I'm not going to touch that. Uh, but like, I do like the idea, because like, Tom Appen had a hell of a line on the, uh, during the start of the Women's Ultimate X. He <clears> said, like, it's about these things becoming commonplace. It's about going from the first ever to just the next. It's just, it just is a woman's ultimate X match. No big deal about it just being one. It's just, yeah. It just is one. That's what that's how we do it. <laughs> and if you want to talk about legit, mm-hmm. like I say, legit women, mm-hmm. Jordan, man. Mm-hmm. Jordan, she is scary big, man. It was a Jordan, Chelsea Green, Alicia who replaced... No, was replaced... Alicia Edwards replaced... Uh, 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 Fucking Rachel Ellering. Rachel Ellering, that's what she was. Because I thought she replaced Rachel Green, but no, like, Chelsea Green commenting on not winning like a week later on Impact. So yeah, Chelsea Green, Alicia, Jordan Grace, Lady Frost, Tasha Steeles, and Rosemary. Rosemary. Wrestling. Apparently they taped a match for before like the pre-show of uh, Savannah Evans v Havoc, which was then released as a digital exclusive like the YouTube channel. Who won that? I can't remember, I haven't watched it. I think nah. it was Havoc. Oh, Havoc. Maybe Havoc. Surprising. Yeah, not not because I think Havoc couldn't be her. Yeah, I just figured like we'd been wanting we'd been wanting to kind of yeah push Savannah. I think I was it was either you or Brian I was saying to all week. I wonder how long the association will last between Savannah Evans and Tasha Steeles before Savannah Evans ultimately does a you know does a turn on her. I think the thing I was surprised about this match was given the fact it's no disqualification. They didn't. Uh, Savannah didn't come in and play to aid uh, Tasha Steeles as much as you'd that, you think they, she would. That was awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. Because it just it let Tasha win that Ultimate X on an end merit. Because, like, they made a big deal about it for the men's Ultimate X back at Slamversary where you know, he saw who's got Mad Man Fallen or he, he had a big, like, Shira. But they, they made a claim, like, no, these men will not be helping you. Like, we want these guys to win on their own. But then they didn't make it in. They're just like, oh, no, it's just Tasha. Just Tasha. Our, and our big, like, Greatest Showman Ringmaster-esque. I thought she, she looked kind of cool. I, I, I liked it too. Like I said, the minute I seen her come out of that, I thought, she's winning it. She's only managed to put any effort into her ring entrance. <laughs> yeah, got specialty gear for the occasion. Mm. Mm-hmm. And see, I must say, oh, see when it was her and uh, fucking Chelsea Green yeah. fighting over the thing, I, I was sitting there kind of gritting my teeth going, oh, fucking Chelsea Green's going to win this. Fuck's sake, fuck. I, I, and I, then, I thought Chelsea was going to win. And then Tasha won it, and I was like, Yes! Mm. Somebody that wasn't the TLC green one. I knew, I guess it before, I, I could have seen anybody, maybe not Lady Frost, she's a bit too new. Her and Jordan probably weren't going to win it. But I, can't, I love this boy where Jordan, I think it may have been Lady Frost or someone else, but they were grabbing on to Jordan, they were hanging on to her, mm. and she's just still holding herself there, and she's just. And she's just fucking. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> the, 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 There's another spot during the match, you know, when Lady Frost or something was holding on to the rope, with, uh-huh. with, with overhead rope, uh-huh. and Jordan just fucking planted her. <laughs> yeah. 
like severely planted mm. and I, like I was commenting before we started recording the show Jordan is giant yeah like I worry for jo- jo- uh, Jordan Grisham is it <laughs> yeah I wor- he, he is not the man in the relationship she she is twice the size of him he everybody got enough of a, a showcase to or do something in the match I'm sure mm. there'll be matches where they really do more like over the top big replayable like highlight packages yeah, totally spots. But in terms of doing the first ever, I think they did what they needed to. Like they needed to probably do a spot like they did with Jordan Grace with the whole thing, showing how strong like she is. Because they did a skit leading up to it uh, with uh, her going to uh, Chris Saban for advice. Because like he's been in all sorts of Ultimate X matches and goes like, "It's all about your upper core strength." So I want to see how many pull ups you can do. And they go and sit and shows her, and then just does this big montage of basically him not expecting <laughs> how many to do. And just like twenty minutes later. Fifteen minutes later, they're like, "Okay, I think it's there. I think you're. I think you're ready." <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say about this match. We talk about the spots involved in it. They did a better job with this as the first ever than WWE did with the first women's money in the bank. Mm. So I remember, I didn't care about the the finish because I thought, you know, James Ellsworth, even though he's we don't talk about him now, he's like he's basically Carmella's lackey. So him being used to help her win, I didn't have an issue with, but. I thought, like, spots-wise, there was nothing other than that finish which annoyed people that really made you got you talking because many of the banks known for at least one or two big spots. And then it was the year later where they finally start. you had people pulling out, also you had people like Naomi and all sorts pulling out spots where it felt like the first for the first match they had, they put kid gloves on the women, they restricted how much they could do, whereas yeah. the, the, from the second one onwards, they basically like, fuck it, go out and do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> uh, and although I, in this case, they didn't do that with the impact. They basically like, do what you yeah. do. Impact, impact, I think, respect their mm-hmm. performers and men and women respect their performance and their ability to put on a fucking performance mm-hmm. more than WWE does because WWE tends to closely control everything. Yeah. Which can really lead to quite a stunted show at times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, say, like, say, like a performer. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you notice I always automatically say performer when I'm discussing yeah. WWE. Yeah. Because they don't, you know, mm-hmm. they don't portray it right. Yeah. And that's, that, no way is that disrespect meant towards the wrestlers mm-hmm. in WWE because like, they have some fantastic wrestlers in WWE. Yeah. That's no doubt. But WWE itself as a company is very lacking in that way. I think Vince McMahon really needs to, you know, loosen the fucking reins a bit, you yeah. know? Uh, <coughs> I like the end, because they emphasise, you have to unhook it and then drop down with the X. Yeah, So they yeah. get the spot with, like you said, Tush steals in the uh, chest screen, they're grabbing, they're doing the tug of war of it, and I thought, okay, well, I think one of them will drop and take over them while the other one's just left dangling there. But no, they basically fought until Chelsea Green fell when Tadja kept hold of the X and then yeah. she dropped down. And, you know, what fair play to her. It's waiting now the association with Swans because Savannah wins the first her, you know, knockouts. Well, the first, well, she's one of the first weight knockouts, like multi-woman, like, Monster Bombers are one of the first Monster Ball winners yeah. in the knockout division. And then Tadja wins the first ever uh Knockouts Ultimate X, and she was one half of the newer version of the Knockouts Tide Champs. That's true. So they were brought back. So making history between the two of them, and then the promo they gave. If I was unsure if she was going to win the tail before, I was. Uh, I was convinced when later on she got that promo when she was. She had the X W. She was going to win the title. And I'm like, yeah, she's going to win the title. Yeah, she's going to win the title. Mm. I know. 
I wouldn't be against. I wouldn't no. be against the win the title. I, t- I hate being somebody that tries to predict the future in a yeah. wrestling company, right? But I can see it being Tasha's going to win that. Mm-hmm. There's no question. Tasha's going to win, and hopefully, she's going to kick the shit out of Mickey James to win it. They've already confirmed it for no surrender. Bitching. Well, Angels pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's blue and orange in the colours that's coming out. I'm telling you, Angels pay per Every Rangers fan sitting there, well, what is our game on? <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, anywho, no, it's going to, I reckon Tasha's going to win it. That goes without saying, she's going to kick Skanky Granny's ass, mm-hmm. And then, like, well, she's going to turn mm-hmm. on Savannah and Savannah will turn face. Well, Savannah's going to turn, one of them will turn face. Yeah. You know, because that is like, that is the way it happens, you know what I mean? You get very, very rarely do you get that kind of shit happening, both of them stay healed. Mm. But I reckon eventually there'll be a program between her and Savannah. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going, I'm stretching here, yeah. right? But I reckon, considering the size of Savannah, eventually we'll see a program between Savannah and Jordan. Mm. Eventually. Eventually, yeah. Because. I- we have got to put a legit title on Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying digital media is no legit, that's funky and that, but, I mean, she deserves... Uh-huh. We need to put... We need to put the Impact title on a fucking proper woman. Mm-hmm. No a flat-nosed Judas. We need to put the X Division... The X Division, all the Impact title on either Savannah mm-hmm. or Jordan... Because you know, because they two are fucking legit. Yeah. They're big, fucking powerful women. Yeah. You know, and I reckon that Jordan or Savannah could take on anybody in that company. Yeah. Anybody. You know, anybody. I think I actually think Chelsea Green when she did this promo with alongside Matt. If we tease about Matt turning heel, I think also them being paired together and they've been heels together elsewhere. I think she's gonna turn heel with them. And so they cut this, she cut this promo recently where she was telling, like, I had my hands on the X, like, I had it and she was like, angry, like I, I should have fucking won that match. And then the idea of, like, yeah, but he didn't. Uh, but, like, but then the idea of Matt being annoyed that he didn't win the three way match as well, I'm thinking, like, this is what's turning these two, like, the idea of, like, they felt they came so close. And turned them into better heels. Yes. And very good at being better heels as well. Yeah, uh, from what you tell me. Uh, but speaking of uh, you, you, should, you probably you, you almost won, but you didn't. Dean Macklin, you know, was on a run where he was undefeated, but now he isn't. Aye, he isn't. And now he can't fight Trey Miguel. Well, he can't fight the extras until as long as Trey Miguel's got it. Uh, and I was really surprised that he he lost. Yeah, I mean, it, it was easy to see that it could have happened, but also <sighs> I thought that they were probably going to take it as long, as far as it goes because. More often than not, whenever you had the I will never challenge for this belt again, very rarely the person who's not allowed to challenge if they lose does uh, ends up winning the match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has happened. It's having an impact. I mean, TJP lost, has no, had no more opportunities, but then TJP is manic. Yeah. You know, came in and they went out got around that. But I wasn't unexpected. I wasn't expecting that to happen the way it did. That's the most noble thing people talk about more so is the fact that uh, Trey Miguel landed on a, an audience member. <laughs> Luckily she was fine. Those, those, those phrases where you match up how it is on uh, 
on the thing, and apparently she does like videos online and she was videoing like the match and everything. So you get to see her angle of him just coming in, yeah, just like it was not like, oh, my name might always go there. Oh, shit, <laughs> just <laughs> Michael and just looking up like my Python. Jesus Christ, TJP still in impact? I don't think he is, he's in New Japan. New Japan, he is shame. I, I like, I, well, I like Manic. Yeah. Manic mind, you, cool. mind you, I suppose that if it was masked, you could have anybody play Manic. Yeah. It's like fucking, what's his face? Mm-hmm. The, car- the comic character guy? Yeah, suicide. Suicide, aye. Yeah. yeah. It's an ironic, you know, uh, TJP and Mask, and that he's supposedly not like, a fan of them. But, you know. No. <laughs> what, what, what do you think of the idea of uh, Macklin losing here? Do you think... They're sentry up for a long kind of reign, uh, and do you, and do you think this loss is going to affect Macklin that much long term? I don't know, really. I mean, I'm unsure with Macklin at the minute mm-hmm. because I mean he's great in ring, he's legit, but at times his character can seem just a slight too similar to Morrissey's character. Yeah, no less lone wolf motherfucker with a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Which is what both of them seem to be like, mm-hmm. you know. And then I suggest, and then I was talking like this with Brian because we we gen- we generally fucking, you know, theorize when we're watching as you do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And I said, you know, it would make a great fucking tag team. And it was after seeing this match, mm-hmm. and it wasn't in Macklin as such. It was you know Jake something, and Fulton mm-hmm. as a team. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's money, <laughs> you know. And it was after that, that opening match, I had to kill. That match was just uh, impact. It's been a, for a wee while. It was getting kinda, mm-hmm. you know. But that hard to kill. That mm-hmm. fucking start to finish. That oh, was yeah. just uh, it's interesting. awesome. It's just like honestly, like it's weird we're not gonna go with Macklin because then Macklin. Took well, that loss and then two weeks later took his next loss when he got a negative one or title shot against Gresham. Mm. I mean, hell, all that match because there've been all these matches because this is a still trip Gresham likes wrestling that are under the these pure ring of yeah, honor pure rules. rules. Right, and I you, like that yeah. system. system. Right, and then you got uh, he was wrestling that against uh, Saban. I put my notes. It's very much a really great like showcase for Ring of Honor and for both these guys, especially Gresham. Even never heard him and like uh, Ian Rickabone put a point because I'll say. Stephen's got a bit of history in Ring of Honor as well. He and Shelley, what at one point briefly were Ring of Honor tie champs as well. Yeah. And he said that back, back like a couple of years ago, he Stephen won a Ring of Honor like number one contendership match, but then Shelley got injured and never was able to claim the the title shot. So really, mm. in a roundabout way, this is him claiming that title shot he got in ages ago. Mm. Which is which makes sense as to why obviously Stephen was, was the one chosen for the. Obviously, the 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 rules obviously you got to could adhere to what they call the code of honor. Also, the handshake. I mean. Usually they still do that, but every so often, like you can term, it was an easy thing to determine who the heels are if you don't follow the code of honor. Very right? true. Yeah, that's basically that. Who they they stand up with, like here it simply is: he shakes your hand, he's a good guy. If he doesn't, he's an asshole. Yeah, but like in, in pure rules, like they have the with you have you have limited three rope breaks. If you yeah. if you use all of them, then you, even if you put your hands in rope in your submission, if you've used up your three rope breaks, yeah, I think you can't do anything about it. It's the first time I've seen it mm-hmm. because I you know I don't. Really yeah. follow the Ring of Honor, but yeah. first time I'd seen it, and I must say, I really like Jonathan Gresham. I really, really like that pure rules type match. I, I don't think I'd like to see it like every goddamn time, but yeah. I love the concept. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I don't think it's a close fist early, and like you got a 20 count. I think if you go to the ring, and 
Well, I'm the only one I brought in the 20 count as a full-time thing. I think, I think they got rid of it, but mm. it was these pure rules came with the original like, Ring of Honor pure title from the early 2000s, and then Brian Danielson unified it with the world title. It went away for a while. Then they brought it back in 2020. Jonathan Gresham was the first guy to hold it. He loves that style. Mm. And so the, the match is also pure rules were under those that wherever the pure title defended, but then now that he's Ring of War champion, you think like this pure style, this was old school Ring of War, this is the Ring of War that I love, but the title, he said, now by the time I got here, that style would change, but I want to bring that style back, so even though I'm not the pure champion anymore, every time I defend the Ring of War title, it's under pure rules. Mm. So Because also, I think it's the idea of bringing Ring of War back too, because they were basically the the pure wrestling indie alternative uh, back in the day, but now so many other companies, particularly AEW, other and all sorts have really overtaken them. So yeah. it's the idea of using the pure tail to help them find their niche again. Well, that's a, that's a good way to think of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I haven't seen the ring of honor wrestlers that I've seen an impact so far. Yeah. Talented bunch. Yeah. Talented fucking bunch. I mean, that uh, Roxy, mm-hmm. she was really cool. I liked her, you know, in ring. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Grecian, with things I've seen him, really fucking like that dude. I mean, just his presence. So mm-hmm. you see when he comes comes down the ramp and you see that Cthulhu mask yeah. thing and you're like, you're cool, man. And like the minute I seen that, I was like, he's cool as fuck, him. And they call like the octopus and like he's like small, like he's not the biggest guy, but he'll tie you up in knots. Like you get, you got that big octopus like stretch on Saban and he was tying them all up and, and like you got to see a different. <laughs> Look at like, the bones, nasty, sharp, pointy teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> diabolical wasty you know, set eyes on Oh, it's just that I get all the wrestler I warned you. Didn't I warn you? <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, Oh my god. Like let's just let's just see what I say. See Mathlin's beaten he beats Royal Grissom for the title, but he had to use the holy hand grenade to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we have the holy hand grenade of Macklin. <laughs> Three rope breaks, no more. Oh. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. <laughs> Three rope breaks, no more. Two, shall be one less than is required. Four, Four is right out. Five, is that for the question? <laughs> I think we get it now. Stretched out the fuck out there. But all that oh, really man. class, like technical match. Would you get? We'll see much other than to get a match. And now we've talked about fucking Mighty Yeah, well, the match between King Arthur and the Black Knight was not a class technical match. <laughs> yeah, just a flesh wound. You liar. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you want to see what basically what basically, what the Black Knight versus King Arthur would be like in an actual wrestling match, look, look at the team that Dolph Ziggler fought Goldberg. And then kept mouthing off and Goldberg kept coming back and back. And I'm like, yeah. come back here, you yellow bastard. I'll bite your legs off. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, so we got to see a, a more technical side of Chris Saban. He actually got to do something. And then you mm. got the, the actual a three-man team that you didn't think would work as well. The D'Lo, Hannafin, Ian Riccoboni is the... Yeah, it was uh, good. He even brought in a Ring of Honor referee as well for the match as well. What's that like? Brought in that Ring of Honor announcer guy who's <laughs> like, how old, man? Awesome. And like you said, like... The idea of a match, I like cards that have a little bit of something for everyone. Every match is different. Way like when New Japan does a massive like Tokyo Dome show, as I mentioned on his star shows, there's usually something for everybody across there. And it was the same for Harikawa because you opened with a big impact staple, but now for the knockouts for the mm. alternates, you had this technical showcase under pure rules for these two. You had the X Division on full display, and then you had the hardcore big five on five weapons based yeah, all the yeah. carnage. 
basically what the War Games rules without a cage, basically, because the match eventually couldn't start until all five, mm. all ten guys outside, and like you had one, the heel team having the advantage and everything, and uh, I think it was Rich Swan uh, starting off with Dina, and then it was it was, uh, it was just a big out. fucking scrimmage, you know. Like they kind of left, was it? Uh, they left uh, Eric Young as the as the leader. He came out last, and then you had Rhino, I think, coming out last for the big mm. gore. And then I'm surprised that they. Well, I wasn't surprised the faces won, but the way it went down with Heath pinning Carl Anderson and oh, so maybe they're setting them up as uh, contenders for the titles because I think they've said that the only reason that uh, Gorillas are even aligned with Violent by Design is the fact that well, Swan and we think Swan and Ma- Swan and Macarthur and as our Rhino Heath, so we want to help you take them out. But then, but then really, like, I'm I, don't want, I don't want to see the titles on Rhino and Heath. Then, then. You want to, I want to find BD turn around and like, aye, you've no, you don't have to deal with them, but now you have to deal with us. Ah, fuck you. Hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> We're not going to talk about what happened in the post-match, but we will come back to it in a different section. But that great thing to think is, like, you got Mac and so on, you got Heath and Ringer, you got BBD. You uh, got Good Brothers. Good Brothers. And then it was teased, like, one or two of the Impact, the guys who came out afterwards maybe wanted the... Uh, the tag team titles, mm. and then you got some other things like maybe God coming in. They could go after the tag titles. Maybe the Finns are still around. I don't know. I, this is what I really want. I want. I want the Impact Tag Division to be, you know, interesting again. No, and, I think and, it's very interesting at the moment. And, and, to, and to the best way to help, like, get back to what it was, you know, when we started these reviews, is to get them out to goddamn good brothers. Well, yeah, that would help. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. would help. Uh, uh, name me an Impact at the moment. <laughs> Well, Decay, there's another team. Within Impact Wrestling, name me three teams at the minute that you would like to see. Like, if any one of these three teams took the belts for the Good Brothers, who would be your, your three teams? doesn't have to be in order. Decay. Right. Are you talking uh, Taurus and Steve? Yes. Right. Uh, probably Mac and Swan. Mac and Swan. I had Pop for it, but I don't know if I want to see Heath and Rhino as the team. The more I think about it. What about EY and Dino? You and Dina, maybe. I'm sure there's another team out there that I'm, I'm forgetting. Again, I would have rather, I would have loved to see Buddy Chris Bay and uh, take the belts off from back at Turning Point, but that was not to be. Mm. It was not to be. And also, I thought about there being something for everybody. I'd even put in the notes, and I'm, and, and you know, that same on me for not putting in there, like Alexander versus Jonah, you know, technical versus the Vigum, the yeah. Beast and everything, like. Yeah, Vigum. And Josh, somebody can kind of break him down while. Suffering from injury risk because all the splashes, mm. and so trying to basically find a weakness in Jonah, and I think he found it where he broke the leg in and set him up, and got the big man to tap out of the ankle lock. Is uh, as strong as Alexander is, he wasn't he getting him up for the fucking pile driver. Nah, well, I must say, I really, I'm, I'm warming to Jonah. I like mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> big scary looking fucker. Most people would be like, oh, he lost his first big match, but really, it's about Alexander overcoming all these obstacles, like throwing at him. I can see Alexander turning heel soon, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, he's just, he's on a weird sort of path at the moment, you know, yeah. he seems quite agitated, Yeah, shall we say. Yeah. He seems quite agitated. There's a few times I've been watching him back where I thought he was actually going to smack Scott Demore. Mm-hmm. You know, because he is getting that, ever since he most blindsided him, he's mm-hmm. been kind of pissy. Yeah. And I could see him turning heel soon. That'd be interesting. To see or at least turning, you know, tweener. Yeah, I think, I think it's all bubbling on his everything. Eventually, he's going to stand. He's like, fuck it, enough waiting about Give him a title shot. No, He's it. <laughs> oh, what a shot. Mm. Oh, what a shot. <laughs> what if you lose? I don't care. So he's went through all these people, obviously. He's not went through, he went through Suzuki, now he's went through Jonah, 
And now, what's the next logical step? Charlie has. Charlie has showed up. Yeah, Charlie has showed up and got a concussion. And he got a concussion. Well done, Charlie has. Well done. <laughs> I've not watched the match. I don't know how good it was, but like, Charlie, well, he kept wrestling after the he and Shelton reunited <clears> in Mega Warner for a while as wrestling's greatest tag team rather than the world's greatest tag team. I must say, I've seen, I seen the snippets of that. He looked a lot better then than he does now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened since twenty thirteen where he kind of referring about it, but rough paper round is the word I'd use to describe Charlie Haskins. I'm pretty sure he's maybe not that much young. He's running about the same age maybe as Shelton, and Shelton looks a lot better. Shelton looks good. Shelton looks the almost the exact same. Maybe a little older in the face, but yeah, but like you'd almost be forgiven for thinking only a few years had passed since you last seen Shelton but you'd think at least 20 years years had passed since you've seen Charlie because I remember Charlie Haas when he was tagging with Rico Mm -hmm. oh yeah I remember that (laughs) Charlie Haas and Rico (laughs) how will they ever possibly go Rico was being you know Rico and Charlie Haas was trying to just be Charlie Haas (laughs) oh that that odd couple (laughs) (laughs) he's a flamboyant possibly gay former calf I'm just I'm a generic wrestler we're the original odd couple (laughs) Adrian <laughs> Adonis and fucking Lance Storm <laughs> pretty much basically um, well that's hard to say that about Rico because he was in a lot better condition than Adrian Adonis mm. uh, and then you got the, the three way match some people I thought weren't a fan of this because they thought maybe the ref bumps and the shenanigans of all were a bit too much I don't think I don't think so um, I thought it was a really solid match mm-hmm. and the ref bumps I think mm-hmm. were really good because they won the fucking they were only WWE ref bumps, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, oh, I've fallen. All I the have indignity. fallen. All the indignity. Uh, you done? Uh, <laughs> help no, me. but they were serious, you know. Like, oh, he got a dunt there. I think it was meant to show that obviously, if on any other night these two could have beaten this because, like. Uh, Cardona gets the nah, he got radio the, silence. Radio silence had him done, and then the referee gets pulled out, and then while the referee's still out on the outside, Morrissey gets a visual pin on Moose, but also nobody there to count it. Mm, so it just proves either one of them, like you say, could have got that pin. Aye. and I like how <coughs> outside of WWE, more emphasis put on this, like, oh, there was a visual pinfall or someone was distracted, rather than the idea of like, which some indies do get do do sometimes. That they shouldn't do something because they do this and that's what the Indies are criticised for and that oh finisher kick out whereas in some places now there's more emphasis on protect people's finishing moves or make people look yeah, strong yeah. Uh, and not in the 50-50 way I win you lose I win you lose mm-hmm. the but yeah but Moose eventually won and like won and the also after the whole build where he called uh, referred to Chelsea as a whore basically, <laughs> and she got like, crammed in the head with a chair <laughs> We have to do that. I could just say towards me. I was doing almost slid into that Stu Hart story that I heard like Jeremy talking about making Diana look like uh, some kind of whore there. <laughs> some kind of whore. Well, I don't know what he said to Vince McMahon, but next by the next week, Diana weren't a whore no more. Anyway, I, I don't know what Diana was supposed to look like, but mm. I, I tell you, I don't even want to look at it. Mm. Uh, Jesus. So the. Moose eventually gets the win the idea of like, oh, by any means necessary, Moose will, will win the title. And we get, then we got the knockouts, uh, Texas death match that was added early on to the, uh, the stipulation. All you get, you pin them and the, or smit them, then it has to be the 10 carrying afterwards. Well, let's say I know that the, these two matches have been done like for years, and even since the one I'm going to mention, but 
it was a lot better than uh, probably one that most people think of when they think of the stipulation, which is the, the Macho Man Crush yeah. example, with the, the tying him up and then immediately falls on his ass. That's quite funny, though. Yeah. But no, that Texas death match, you know, I'll give you the credit. She was no bad. No bad at all in that match. It was very good. Very until good. Until the finish. <clears throat> until the finish. I didn't like the finish. Not just because Mickey won, but I didn't like it. Well, it was stupid. I'll, I'll dare move on you and then pile a bunch of chairs on you. No, no, that's not what I didn't like. I'll get to that time, but like, they pulled out all the stuff. Like, Vin- he had an immediate like, submission tap out from Mickey, obviously, because she knew that what Deanna was going for. And like, I don't want to stay in this because I'll, I'll actually do some damage. He had chairs, and throw- eating chair- throwing chairs in. Uh, Deanna had a good. Uh, Mickey brought a guitar of age F. Jarrett S. brought yeah. a guitar, and, uh, which Matthew Weirwald took the front off later on. Delete, <laughs> play to him. Uh, the, there was a move up, up, up on the ramp, the pile, dri- pile driver through the tail, Mickey took mm. the table. Um, uh, Matthew Weirwald told him, oh, don't get involved physically, you know, and interfere, otherwise you'll be fired. But then he comes to the crowd and he's like, no, I'm helping Dior up, I'm not physically attacking Mickey, so ergo, I get to keep my job. Mm. Then he turns around and Mickey dies off him again, like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> coming through the, <laughs> coming through the, uh, and just say, I, I, maybe Ember for anyone complains, I, I don't, you probably shouldn't need to make this, uh, this disclaimer, but see, comparing Mickey to when a cow is sent flying at people, it's not a comment on women or our weight, because I made that same joke about Trey Miguel earlier on, so. If anything, if, if anything, I'm just accused of reusing jokes, which is my worst offence, and really, fuck you. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, what he said, fuck you. You got thumbtacks, of course, and like, the commentator just had a, oh no, just like, oh, enough with the thumbtacks. Like, no. I, I was actually impressed, because for a change, the person that went and grabbed them, <laughs> didn't he go on them uh, first? She did, she escaped wrestling convention 101. He, she did. The, he who sets it up getteth put us through it. Yeah, only if it's a steel chair. <laughs> Or, or a table. Or a table, yes. General- Which I should mention, I think there was a pile driver off the apron through a table during the hardcore Yeah, there was. So yeah, there was. someone needed to coordinate, like, ah, oh, damn it, they've done a, a hybrid outside, but we'll make it different, why? We'll do it inside the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's not, like, the whole like, ass- exasperation to the Thundats game, it's not as good as the Billy Kirkwood and ICW one, where every time Thundats come, they're like, alright, right, for God's sake, who is it that keeps selling wrestler thumbtacks? <laughs> who is that prick? <laughs> But what I didn't like was obviously Rewalk takes the the uh Aye, he takes the brunt of it. The the, the guitar. And then Deonna also it's a it's a spot's been done before the oh I swing for you, bing the chair back hits me in the face. Mm-hmm. And a chair in the face is obviously a serious thing, but uh it, it was just this how they executed maybe part of it's on Deonna as well, so it's not fully I'm me trying to make it, I just don't like it overall. Uh. It, it Jimmy looked over the obvious oh, oh I'm swinging the chair to you and then just said, Oh <laughs> She, she made herself look like an idiot when she was just like yeah. swinging wildly. I don't. I don't. Was nowhere near Mickey. Went oof! Oh my god! It's hit me in the face. I don't think you can blame Island Mickey or Deonna for that man. It's just see whenever, mm-hmm. whenever a match tries to set up that kind of spot, it, nine times out of ten it looks hokey anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, it was, it was like the idea like both men, women hate each other, like finding ways, the new ways to hurt each other. Both for the most part acting very smartly, and then Deonna. Was made to look like an idiot a wee, a wee bit, I thought, at the end. A wee like, bit. Like taking the weird chats that Vicky had worn and then trying to strangle her with them, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I don't think she pulled tight enough. No. <laughs> and then Mickey, like, yeah, the whole pile of on you, I mean, I've seen that done in matches before and I've seen it done better. I've seen it done worse too. Yeah. Let's not talk about the Rollins versus what fucking Fiend Hell in a Cell match. 
Okay, yeah, in fact, yeah, you mentioned it anyway. But yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Like, it's not a high bar. I didn't to say be... let's not mention. I said let's not talk about. Yeah, but like you say, it's been done worse. But like, it's not exactly high up on the higher up on examples like the one you mentioned, though. Yeah, it's yeah. not even in the middle. It's somewhere in the lower, lower bits. But still, looking, it still looks down on Rollins and the Fiend. <laughs> The lower, lower bit. Right, but still, it looks up to further other better, <laughs> many, many other better examples, but still looks down on Rollins' feet. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen that uh, the sketch of the, the two Ronnies and John Cleese, the upper, middle and lower class? I look down on him. Oh, yeah. I look up to him. <laughs> and Ronnie Corby in the shorts, I know my place. I look up to both of them. I like that one. Yeah. But a big thing across uh, Hard to Kill and the recent tapings is bloody Ring of Honor, not just in the title matches, but a group who are now referred to as Honor No More have uh, invaded the attack after the, the hardcore. I think the, the same went on a bit too long. I think the beat down. Who in the hell is the Charlie Manson looking fucker? Uh, Vincent. Aye, who he? Cause he's I, a crazy man. I feel like I, sh- I feel like I should like him, <laughs> and I'm not sure why I should like him. Because you're also a creepy bastard, and you're into that sort of I'm Charles Mansony cre- shit. I'm not a creepy bastard. But you are into that old Charles Mansony shit. Yes, I like the crazy cunts. So yeah, it was Mike Bennett, his wife Maria, uh, and uh, Matt Taven. <laughs> Matt Taven, PCO, former, and uh, Vincent. Have I mentioned Vincent twice? Yeah, crazy Charlie Manson and the Quebecer yeah. with the blue hair. But uh, recently, uh, Bennett and Taven wore the tag team champs during war until they lost in the Briscoes at final battle. So the fact that Taven held up the uh, the tag team titles, I mean, there's a lot more we could talk about Ring of Honor. I mean, we could do that in a different podcast. But yeah. Matt Taven, I mean, they went through a, a, a difficult period in 2019 and 2020 before the, the lockdown and everything. Ring of Honor, because probably do AEW, like, taking their spot, but... Matt Taven got unfairly blamed for uh, for the downfall of Ring of Honor that period because he what happened to win the Ring of, the Ring of Honor World Title around mm. the same time. I mean, he wasn't the best as well, but as a heel, he was a very un- dislikable heel. So he did his role to the best of his ability, yeah. but just got a lot of unfair flack from hardcore like Ring of Honor fans. That's kind of gay. Yeah, it's kind of it, it felt bad for him and obviously. Uh, Bennett and Maria Real Life Miracle they were in Impact briefly where Mike was called the Miracle Mike Bennett he briefly got the Ace Division title wow. and like he and Nate there was their thing right before Option C was meant to cast him where they kept switching back and forth both desperate to have the title right about Option C time so they could get the world title shot mm-hmm. with Edwards eventually getting it and that was around the time Lashley was like collecting all the belts and everything yeah. around that time it was a decent period even though everything else in Impact at the time in 2016 was a bit shit yeah. But anyway, that's we're talking about better times talking about now. But yeah, this yes. team's showing up in Baron and then like there are some people from Ring of Honor like Ian Rickabani, Jonathan Gresham Rocks, they were like, We are not with these people, we do not condone this. <laughs> we are not with crazy Charlie Manson and blue haired Key yeah. Becker. But then they showed up at uh, the tapings as well where they got kinda of, they stole Deal's headset and then they were yelling at Tom Hathen like, Yeah, give Vince your headset, come on, Matt Taven's showing him and then Joe's like, I'm not having this shine. Right. He starts trying to fight the Elfman, but he can't catch up with the numbers game. And uh, what was it, one on five or something? Right, and Matt Davin's kind of coming out. Like, oh, you look at the real deal now, Davin. Dilo, you're not in. Yeah, Matt you're Hannafin. Does it know him? On the commentary, it was Matt Taven. Who's Matt oh, Han- Tom Hannafin. Tom Hannafin. That's yeah. it. But then but Matt anyway. Taven's on going. Oh, you're looking at the real deal now, Dilo. You're, you're not in Europe anymore. I bet you wish you had that chest protector now, like. So Matt Taven's clearly a fan of Devo's career. Hell yes. Uh, and then you had PCO Mad, who's his whole thing. Like in real life, he's 
he's just when he was born and like he's he's got a higher tolerance for pain, so that became his thing. It's this weird Frankenstein esque crazy old man who does big spots. Well, Vincent, no, uh, PCO, oh PCO, cool. and, and just eats a big dive off the top. Supposedly PCO has signed with Impact, so it means that he won't be going back. He won't be going back to anywhere. But actually, the whole thing with Ring of Honor, I don't think they're not doing. They're not doing contracts anymore. I don't think. I think it's a. I think they're letting. I think they're not doing new contracts just now, and they're letting current ones run down. Yeah. And but listen, they're not finished as a as a company by any means. They're just in a little bit of a. Mm-hmm. They're in a bit a little bit of a flow at the moment. I think they're going to have to rework the contract because like, I think it's a case of they want to go back to what the ring of war was this big super indie where they they run those guys can come to shows but still work elsewhere. Maybe even if they're under contract, they'll be like G Lethal's under contract with AEW, but. He still would do shows like he did Terminus and that, and he could still come back to do Ring of Honor shows and stuff like that. And so PCO could still work with Ring of Honor, but you know, we wrote the contract because, like, the idea of like, like, say, Jonathan Grayson, say Impact signed him, but they still yeah. have, they still want to do stuff with him as Ring of Honor World Champion. So you got to think, how do you do that? Do you still have him come across both shows, defending it across yeah. both shows? Well, that, that'd be a good thing because, I mean, it, it's good for Impact, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I think working with Ring of Honor mm-hmm. is going to work out a lot better than working with AEW. You know, I mean, they could maybe don't know they're not done any started anything yet with with AEW. They could do something because uh, I think now getting properly involved in the Forbidden which they haven't done as much mm. uh, in the last year is what Ring of Honor needs to help along with these pure rules to help them get back up the ladder. Because like recently they've been watching all these other companies above them. Like, hello, can, can we come in as well? Can we get involved? Can we can we come through the door? We've seen Impact doing it and thought, <laughs> I will do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so. And the so, big thing about Ring of Honor, well, some of Ring of Honor that really surprised a lot of people who were kind of down when they uh, when they made the announcement that they were going hiatus, where they announced, oh, we're coming back uh, April 1st, you know, WrestleMania weekend, uh, Supercard of Honor, and the main event is going to be a uh, tail unification because they both are claiming to be the champion, Bandito V, Jones yeah. and Gresham, where take all. And the big consensus for a lot of people was, huh, they're actually coming back. Because <laughs> huh. a lot of people seemed like, oh, and said, oh, no, it's just a break. So people thought, oh, they're done. They're done. Mm. They're not. They're coming back a bit. They'll be coming back with a new women's champion, won't they? Because Diana yes. Carrazzo still had the Reina de Reina's Triple H championship. She's so now Ring of Honor and the Reina de Reina's Triple H champ. And so she put up against Roxy, who was in the sort of bottom of the crowd uh, during the Texas Death match. So they mm. defended the title against each other. Really good match. The Diana got to work over her arm for much of the matches as she's wanted to do, but then Roxy got in her. Or rock lock, basically our version of the cross face, and then she struggled at points because of the, arm, the arm and everything. Then she had the, the rock alert or something like that, basically <sighs> our version of the sunset flip power bomb. And then I think she was actually the first vers- one of those versions of the title because they used to have Women of Honor as kind of a sister promotion. They didn't do as much with it. Diona did used to wrestle there, but she never got that many title opportunities. In Ring of Honor? And yeah, in Women of Honor. And then they brought back this new version. Oh, it's the Women of Honor. No, the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. It's now part of the company. And so now Diona's the second ever champion and she's holding it at the same time she's the AAA champion. So basically, Diona doesn't need to bother that she didn't win it uh, a hard to kill because she's doing just fine. So, like, going back to like, Impact like, now with Ring of Honor and you know, they've announced they're going to do this group Honor No More. Like Vincent, PCO, Taven, uh Taven, uh, Vincent, PCO, Bennett, that's four. I'm pretty sure there's a, maybe a five on five. I don't think they've only got four guys in it. It's, 
is uh, Maria Canellis? Is she going to just be like in it? Is she going to be in ring? No, I think actually I found I heard actually but I did read the the Fort Lauderdale spoiler from the twenty fourth twenty nine. There is somebody who shows up to be the fifth member, but I don't want to reveal who it is. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Because you, do, you don't want to reveal and then it be wrong. Yeah, well, no, I know who it is, but I'll say oh, it's not cool. aired yet, and I want to be a big deal when you or whoever else is watching this who watch, hasn't watched them back yet sees it. Oh, fuck, it's so-and-so here. Oh, fuck. Skinner. <laughs> the alligator man. But uh, they're, they're going to be taking on the team of Impact. It's going to be Josh Alexander, Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, Rhino, and Saban. Which is strong, fair enough, strong enough team. I think it gets to get Josh Alexander a feature spot. Josh Alexander, yay. Eddie Edwards, yay. Sabin, yay. Who's the other ones? Rhino. Uh, and. And Rich. Rich. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so. So, the champion that when he went and got the belt, we realised we didn't really want him to be the champion. And Rhino. And Rhino. The man who lost the TV title to Matt Cardona. What old prick. <laughs> Well, he's actually not as old as you might think. I think he's like 40s odd, because like, he was only in his early 20s when he debuted for ECW. Jesus cake, man. Jesus cake, man. But, so it's going to be a 5 and 5. Again, this is a case where I've been making your... Make, a bunch of, like, Rebellion, like, last year's Rebellion was great. For the, for April, bring back fucking Lockdown. Because you imagine it's going to be Lethal Lockdown, Impact versus Ring of Honor. Yeah. But I have a feeling maybe they'll have just Impact win, because, obviously, Impact, obviously, these guys are pretty busy in April with... Ring water coming back, and they're probably going to give you a short-term story. So I'm hopeful because after that, then you're going to come out and go, I want my ticket will show up. They'll have some big match against somebody at uh, Sacrifices and a more contenders thing. And then he goes on a rebellion and beats Miss. Mm. I like Miss, but come on, Josh, give Josh the belt back. Nah, give him it back. Give, he, only, he only had a wee shot yet. He only had a wee shot. Give him it back. No, it's mine. I'm, I'm, I'm not done playing with it yet. <laughs> You, but you're looking forward to seeing more of this Ring of Honor versus Impact. So. I am, I am really much so because I was a lot more than I enjoyed the AEW connection because I mean I'm not nothing against AEW. I'm sure great company, standalone, blah blah blah. But I don't really think it done a lot for either company. Mm-hmm. The connection. I mean, Kenny Omega came in, big cocky prick. You know, had some great matches. I won't deny, mm-hmm. but he's a prick. Yeah, and we had to put up with Don Callis for only, longer than we needed to. Really, it benefited Christian because Christian got to win a world title again, and it benefited the Good Brothers because they got to be our souls to two different audiences at one time. Mm. Oh fuck! I forgot Christian won it for a while. Aye, aye, aye I forgot about him. I mean, it was, was George. Oh, fuck. Oh well. Oh yeah, yeah. after you. But no, nah, it was fucking Christian that Josh beat, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh yeah, I get what you say. Like impact and Ring of Honor getting kind of more out of out of it because the Ring of Honor guys get a place to go to while they're waiting for Ring of Honor to start back up again. And some Ring- of them, some of them are choosing to sign like PCO. In the Ring of Honor guys, I think the fact that we're getting you know more of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, who did we get for AEW? We get we got Christian, who I think was a free agent of some sort. Well, no, you were thinking of them. You got, you got Kazarian for a, a week. You got Daniels randomly. No, I would get just for Daniels. Right? It was nice to see Daniels back. Yeah. I won't lie, that was cool. Yeah. So, yeah, the New Japan and Ring of Honor stuff has been kind of more mutually beneficial. Yeah. Got, and now we've got Jay White coming back in. And we've, for... we've, we've constantly got Finjus on it, <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah, they got a brief, they even got a brief title when they got a... And Finlay got when he was like in the semis in the quarters for the New Japan Cup in twenty twenty. Um, he came he came out with the Impact Tag Belt when he's away. Yeah, and also I don't know if you know this, but 
if it is a, a spoiler, I apologise most profusely. But I seen a before the impact match that was coming up or has happened between Laredo Kid and Blake Christian. I think it's coming up, yeah. And uh, Blake Christian, yeah, I think Blake Christian was at the recent taping. So you know, again, impact. You didn't get, it, you didn't do it the smart thing last time. Get sign that boy. Get up. him signed up <laughs> because he fucking went away. He fucking stupid land. <laughs> I think he was made wrestle. Uh, Josh, uh, he got a title shot against Bandido, who's claiming he's still the champion. But he was made fight Josh, uh, Jonathan Gresham for the title. Was Blake Christian at a recent GCW show, but he, uh, Gresham wasn't able to shot, so he wrestled Leo Rush instead, and he won. And he's still claiming like I'm still a rightful. So you got all more watching. You can do it in GCW Impact or Ring of Honor, but sooner or later Blake Christian's gonna get his his Ring of Honor title shot, and he's really got that Alex Zane who popped up. He's also. Uh, lead up to Bedford Gordon they're crowning a new exhibition champion bring him in as well he's he's cool he, yeah. big lanky guy who can do high flying moves and Was some it, weird shit you've not seen before Blake Christian had a 10 year WWE career like fucking Ty Valkyrie did didn't he uh, pretty much he turned up and then left he, he, had a, he had a school video where he was called Trey Baxter no, that's not a cool name. No, that's not a cool name. But he had this, he had this, he did this cool thing where after he got released, where he had a video, a POV video, as if he was talking to Trey Baxter. Like we're watching this from Trey Baxter, but he's talking <laughs> as Blake Christian and basically saying like, you know, you basically were trying to be me, but you know, Blake, you can't be like Blake. There's only one Blake Christian, basically where you were. Blake Christian can't be Blake Christian, so I need to go be me again. Yeah, you're not Blake Christian. I'm Blake Christian. Yes, I have schizophrenia. <laughs> that's basically it. I. So, again, like, February is interesting because like, there's a lot of people who are apparently non-competes are coming up there, mm. so people are going to be showing up here, there, and everywhere, it seems. Here, there, everywhere. Something that's not as important as uh, the inspiration we're meant to get a... Uh, a we're title shot. We're meant to give a title shot to the influence. They couldn't show up at uh, Hard to Kill or the subsequent teams the following night because of COVID-related reasons. Yeah. So they delayed it to the Fort Lauderdale <laughs> tapings. And then, weirdly, I think maybe because Daniel has an issue... That uh, and got, got made uh, Caleb and Madison Rain versus the inspiration and Caleb's from butthole. And you know what? I just stopped caring about this thing. Just give the give the inspiration someone else to fight. Yeah, but Caleb was okay as a butthole. Mm-hmm. So you got Tasha Steele. He's, he's fighting Mickey James at hard to no hard to call it no surrender. As I think I mentioned, and also they've announced that it's going to be Miss versus Morrissey, two big lads spatting each other. And I bet you'll only be as good as Jake something and Madman. Oh, I think it'll be better than that. You think so? I think so. I th- do you know, I think, honestly, I know I'm going back to it, but that match between Madman and something, that's the best I've seen both of them fight in a long time. I think they really bought, brought a lot out of each other in that match. Uh, and how have they been built into this match? Not only is it's more so annoying that they had a visual pen, but there's no ref. They got they built this feud by both of them taking turns battering the learning tree. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Morris said, no, Ziggy Day said to VSK and Kurt and Myers that he got given a world title shot. Moose, I think he sees something in me. And Myers quickly went, to him, Yeah, night off. <laughs> and as we said, he battered him while wearing his suit just a year and I just slammed it down, foot on the foot on the chest. One, two, three. <sighs> I'm telling you, my boy Sam Beale has to come and deal with him. And then the following week, VSK and Dickie Days got battered two on one by, by W. Morrissey. Yeah. No, my boy Sam Beal has to come and deal with that learning mm-hmm. tree. That's my boy, man. <laughs> I know he's your boy, but he's, he's not here. He's disappeared. I know. What, what have we done to him? I don't know. They're keeping him in a basement somewhere. He's going to turn back up really weird and he'll be a member of fucking VBD or something. 
then that means you'd have to shave his, his hair. Joe Doring didn't. Mm. Yes, but you're going to tell Joe Doring to get I mean, you look at Joe, Darren's hair, Joe Doring's hairline. Grant. Rhino didn't. When you look at Joe Doring's hairline, though, like, time is going to eventually take his hair before Eric Young does. Well, Rhino didn't have to cut his hair. Uh, who cares? <laughs> who cares about you, Rhino? Yeah, I think so far you got like three matches, only three like, major matches confirmed for No Surrender. Uh, but so far, even though like, I think it's like a six week build between Hard to Kill, when Hard to Kill was and No Surrenders, and we're like, we're about the halfway point. And I think so far, just with those three matches, it's a, it's a, it's a worth being say about because like, remember when we were talking about the up to No Surrender last year? Uh-huh. And, uh, I remember, like, I was trying to send it, but I really could not give a fuck around that thing. Because I was still better that uh, that Hard to Kill didn't live up fully to my expectations. And then I looked at the car overall for most of it, and I was like, I can't be asked. Were you a little butt hurt by Hard to Kill? I was, I was a little bit, but, then, but now I, don't, I have no reason to be butt hurt. Mm-mm. Because that was a five-star pay-per-view, that shit. Man. I, I that was would, awesome. I agree. Like, the first week or so of the year started off weird, didn't it? It was a bunch, <laughs> bunch of different shit happened. A little weird. Like, first day of the year, Roman Reigns is uh, COVID, so now Brock Lesnar's the WWE champion. Uh, January 4th, you got a bunch, you got, very 4th and 5th, you got Wrestle Kingdom, a bunch of weird shit happening there. Kenta got smashed with a guitar and put to the table. Uh, January 4th on NXT, Rick Steiner's son won the NXT title, and the Cruiserweight title disappeared. Uh, January eighth, Ring of Honor. No, no. January sixth, uh, AEW debuts on TBS. January eighth, AEW does a show called Battle of Belts where Dustin Rhodes does a Canadian destroy to Sammy Guevara off an apron, and he's while he's in his fifties. <laughs> New Japan does a joint show with pro wrestling Noah, uh, where apparently Keiji Muto was politicking backstage in a match he didn't even win. <laughs> and Impact is hard to kill, and that's just a one week. Yeah, yeah, it's a great week. It's a weird week. <laughs> Wonder if Dustin Rose would ever pull off his gold gold dusting image again in his fifties. I doubt it. <laughs> but not without copyright again, copyright cleaned if he wasn't in WWE. Well he can call himself Shimmer Powder. <laughs> That's the best name I've ever Remem- heard. Remember the name. Shimmer Powder. <sighs> sparkly dust. <laughs> sparkly dust. <laughs> uh. Glitter grit. I don't think there's anything else that really we need to talk about. I think we've, we've covered it all in. No, I think we're good. If we're talking about fucking Goldust and weird alternate names, I think that's a cue to wrap shit up. Remember the name. Blue Dust. <laughs> Not a lot of people remember Blue Dust. Yes. And I do. So. <laughs> Anyhow, we're, talk- we're talking about Goldust and, you know, the period he was on. That's going to bring us into what we're talking about next week's episode, isn't it, Paul? Yes. What, it is. What are we talking about next week, Paul? We you are maybe. talking about in your house ten mind games with the very, very famous main event title match between the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. and Mankind in his best guise. I thought because mm. I did not like Shirty Mankind. No, I did not like Mister Sockle. No, mm-hmm. I thought Mister Sockle was shit. Shall I, I I liked proper mankind with the claw. I'm looking up there the matches. Shall I give people a date? Yes, give people a little preview of what we got. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Savio Vega fighting Dustin Hawk Bradshaw in a Caribbean strap match. Yep. 
bear with us. Uh, Jose Lothario versus Jim Cornette. Again, please stay with us, please. It's a good show, we promise. Hey, the Justin Hall Bradshaw Savio match is a really good match, actually. Uh, it was more so the Jose Lothario. I thing. know, I know. We're going to have a, a multi man match for the. No, it's not. Enough. We're going to have a match for the tag team titles where the smoking guns have to defend against Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Henry's going to make his debut against Jerry the King Holder. Yep. Uh, Goldust, as we mentioned, he's going to fight The Undertaker in a final curtain match. Yeah. What's a final curtain match? We'll find out next is week. Is that uh, just a match or is that a, for a title match? No, by this point, he's not the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, okay. Okay. We lost the uh, King of the Ring, but it's yeah. called the Final Curtain Match. I don't know what that is, but we'll find we out. We lost it to that greatest professional wrestler, Ahmed Johnston. Uh, Shawn Michaels will take on Mankind in the main event for the WAF Championship in a match. I might, I might, I know you said about uh, you said before you've not read the Mankind autobiography. The first, no, I have first not. No, one. I have not. I have read it. I might bring it on because I'm sure there's a wee section or two that I find interesting, which where he talks about. The main games match, so I might bring it with me and do a little bit of a reading. No, I may, I may read it myself. I have it. Uh, it's, quite, it's quite late in the book. It's quite a bit. So it's a lot. You have to read through quite a bit I'll in a week skip to get to it. it. Or I can just read it for you. I'll do all the work. Oh, fucking no, I will do some work too. Okay, I'll do that work. You do something else. I don't know. I'll just sit here and be professional. I have, I have high expectations because I have high expectations for this one because I have watched the main event. That's another match I've watched from this pay per view. I enjoyed the main event. I remember I talked about last time where we'd, go, we'd went through some shit, but International Incident, I think, is now my standard bearer. Now, that's no. the, that was my favourite one so far. So I want to see, because I think we're getting to now a stronger period from what... No, you are, you are. I think we've we've seen as bad as you can possibly get. And the match, if I remember rightly, because it's been a while since I watched it in your house, Tim, the match between the Guns and Owen and Bulldog is actually not a bad match. I, no. I imagine it wouldn't be. Because this was in about the period when the Guns were needing a... Nearing their culmination, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously Bulldog and Owen were going strong, I think, at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this was getting close to the point where Bulldog and Owen start feuding about the European title. Following, yeah. The following year. Yeah, like, that'd be like early 97. Yeah, because they would, they would definitely a tournament for the first European champ. I think Bulldog won it against Owen. And then we had the whole... Who had but who was the better man of the team? Blah uh -huh. blah blah, and all that kind of thing. Like, uh, well, you have two titles, but you don't have two slammies. Yeah. <laughs> like, you leave Bulldog alone. I'm the leader of the team. <laughs> so I'm the brains. I am not a nugget. <laughs> yeah, I think we've went through as as bad as these in your house shows could possibly get, and now we're in a a stronger period yeah. for these shows. Enough was enough, and now it's time for a change. Exactly. Did you like that? I liked that. I good. Liked that a lot. Good. And do you know what was good about it? We brought up Owen Hart, who was the best heart. But we, we're going to wrap up now and remind you to check out our past impact reviews and our past In Your Gaff shows, which is what we call our when we review In Your House shows. Or along with our retro reviews, Frasier, all sorts of other wrestling and Frasier related Could nonsense. Wrap it up and sprinkle it with some shimmer powder. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fucking childish Scott fuck you you can find that all and all other childish goodness that we've seemingly been putting down there for the last few years yeah. on Anchor Spotify iTunes all good Andrew points give us a like reading review and please don't take our childness too heartily please give us a good review please do we're nice people we really are you, we like you and keep up with what we're up to when we eventually post it on our social media channel which is at uh, SP Rambling on Twitter you can get me it's coming for 1896 you can get uh, Rogue Pines, who are also on 
Yeah. If you've seen their podcasting platforms are the same as ours. You can get us on that old faithful platform, Facebook. You get Rogan Square Opinions, facebook.com forward slash rambling podcast, gives a like, me get involved. We're trying to put, I keep saying I'm going to post more and I will eventually. Send, send us on a postcard and we'll we'll send you a smiley picture going, hey. We're not going to give you any of our addresses, but just send it out there eventually. Somehow, well, somewhere. Somewhere we'll get it. It'll find its way With to us. the power us. of thought. And the little bit of shimmer dust. Yes. Or shimmer powder, what the fuck do you call it? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> We've got we've got gold dust to him. <laughs> gold dust at home. <laughs> oh, we talked some shit. But uh, we're not gonna. I'm thinking. I want to play it with that song I was listening to. I heard earlier from Brian. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Well, anyway, we're gonna play a song. Uh, he pop- heard he heard the song he likes. Yeah, we're gonna play it with a song I heard earlier. I recognised that Brian was playing earlier on. And it's called The Awakening. I can't that band on all that with that. that French band. No, you say they're French. I think they're maybe Dutch. You say, you say they sound French. No, you said they were formed in Paris, France. I thought you said they were Dutch. You said they, you said they sound French. No, you said they were formed in Paris, France. Yeah, but they're not French, though. Well, you said they were Dutch. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, they got a weird name, but they got a song called The Awakening. I heard one same four, and I really liked it, and I downloaded it for a while. And Brian was playing it, and that's cool, because we usually don't like the same... Yeah, okay, music. and w- once we're finished the show, I'm going to drink, smoke weed, and make farting noises with my hands. And how else are you going to spend a Friday evening if we're recording this on? I mean, and uh, tomorrow, I'm, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow, but I'm going to go around to a friend's house along with a group of guys to start. We're going to drink, eat shit, and, pro- and watch the Royal Rumble. And even if either, even if the whole thing is shit, even the shit Royal Rumble's worth talking about. Well, what time is it on at? Probably its usual time, like one. One in the morning. I know. Wow. I know. But like we, it's on a Saturday, so we can sleep. You can sleep all a Sunday, you know. That's true. It's great for me because I need to go back to work on the Monday. So I want, I want to watch that Royal Rumble. I'm very, yeah, very much into the idea of watching. Yeah, even Rumble. even like you could see all sorts of fuck there the whole year, especially when the Rumble comes in. Like I'm going to watch the Royal Rumble. It's always a thing. Like it's even if, thing. even if you don't particularly follow WWE. Uh-huh. You gotta watch the rumble. You gotta watch the you rumble. Watch the rumble. I mean, you can you can you can watch it and root for people even people you don't like, like somebody eliminate Mickey James. No, I, I, <laughs> no, I will say you know like like example the perfect example of that is when that bald and tit Lee Griffiths used to play for Celtic <laughs> and when he used to, you know, actually have some talent and there'll be a fat dick that don't even have any good temperament about him. You know, you know me, but, Paul, I don't know all about football, well, so speed through this analogy. I thought he was a wank whenever he was in a fucking Celtic tap. Mm-hmm. But see, when he was wearing a Scotland tap, uh-huh. and he put fucking two cracking goals past English, uh-huh. he was a good man then. <laughs> Mickey it. James is like that. See, when she's, she's in there representing fucking impact, she's a good cunt. You heard it first. Mickey, Lin- sorry, not Mickey, Mickey James is the Lee Griffiths of, <laughs> of wrestling. Yeah, she's a Lee Griffiths. As long as she's no, as long as she's no being a cunt, she's a good cunt. Okay, there's different tastes of cunt, as we all know. It is. There's, there's levels of cuntum. Right, that's, le- that's a topic for another day. Levels of cuntishness. There's, there's a top podcast topic for another time. <laughs> but yeah, like, so I'm going to go with my friends. Even if it's shite, I'll enjoy it because I'm in the company of good people. And, you know... Yes, you are. Just, Hello. I'll be in the company of good people. <laughs> and maybe there'll be some, some, some stuff we'll talk cool. about next time before we talk about main games. But I'm importantly not going to drink as much as I did when I went to my friends for a SummerSlam because I was very sick the next day and I don't want that again. I will. <laughs> I'll drink for you. you. You do that, Paul. I hope you all enjoy the Royal Rumble, regardless of who you want to win or whatever happens, but 
They're also going to get Bobby Lashley beat Brock Lesnar, and I like, I like that because it's two big lads battering each other again. Bobby Lashley, I hope he wins. Oh, I think he's going to win. And I hope Roman squishes that annoying little fucking bug. See, there's something for everybody at the yeah. Royal Rumble. We, I don't even follow it, but I, I like Roman a hell of a lot more than I like that annoying little prick. Well, like I said, like, we're spending a wee while shitting on something that we do, but again, Brock, they'll always get you with the Royal Rumble, he, as we should. He didn't have to not be the architect. He was fucking fine as he was. <laughs> Why could he not just be the fucking architect? I'm looking forward to the Rumble anyway. I mean, he's kick off, as, I like to call it, point to sign season. Otherwise he, called as the road to WrestleMania. He owes, he fucking owes J&J security some fucking props, man. Okay, Paul's now getting to old man yelling at cloud territory. So we're going to wrap it up there. And maybe talk about the Rumble next week as well as In Your House, Mind Games. And a really class match between Shawn Michaels and, and Ma- Michaels and Mankind. I forgot who was the fucking involved in it. <laughs> I'm not even drunk. Wrestlers. I'm talking like I'm drunk and I'm not the one drinking here, it's Paul. So, goodbye everybody. Maybe you've never heard the song (laughs) that we're going to play out, but hopefully you enjoy it. See you next week for some mind games. Bye. Bye. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Nothing at